This is Rowie's Sports Show. Stephen Rowe and Lee Forrest. Seven minutes after five, Bigal on the way, the voice of World Formula One. David Croft live from Bahrain, ahead of the Bahrain Formula One GP this weekend. Thanks to the Burrows, $250 could be yours if you can identify four of our mystery sporting voices. And we shouldn't make him wait, Rowie, because when you've got the greatest of all time on the line, you don't mess around for a legendary pub with a legendary schnitzel. There is a table waiting for you where? At the St Kilda Beach Hotel. Lee Matthews. Oh, the post is broken, Matthews. Oh, talk about a he-man. On the 5AA Sports Show. Lee Matthews, you great man. Welcome. Well, Stephen, great to uh, be with you again. Mm. If I could ever allow to go to Adelaide again, if you go and have a meal at the St Kilda Beach Hotel, I reckon. Well, Lee. When I'll get out of Brisbane or Melbourne, seriously, yeah. I don't think I'm going anywhere else in this let me tell you this Kane the owner with Kim yeah, um, they yeah. are huge Lions fans now he's talking oh, about putting right. a Lee Matthews replica statue at the front of the hotel <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, great that's anyway that's good I think, oh, it's always great when you go into round one off and say this is the only stage of the year where all 18 teams can have a little bit of sort of what you call optimism yes. no winners no losers Come the end of the weekend, there'll be nine teams that have lost and they're sort of starting a game, a game behind. Yeah. So that's why the, the round one, when everyone starts equal, that's uh, always exciting. I love the fact tonight that there's the, 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 the non-grand final rematch. The two grand finals are playing off, not playing off, but are playing again at the home ground where you can unfurl the flag. I yeah. reckon that should happen every year. Spot on. It just seems to me... And the, and because if you've won the premiership, doesn't matter whether someone mentions, say, the Gold Coast Suns. If the Gold Coast Suns win a premiership, they're going to be gigantic in southeast Queensland. So they get a they get a full stadium there to, for, for whoever they play. Um, so I just, I just love what's happened. You know, sometimes you think, how come we haven't done this forever? Mm. It seems such a logical thing to do. It is, and that's the team's reward. Imagine all those Melbourne supporters that couldn't get to Perth that have been waiting all yeah. those years, and now round one's here tonight, and they can do it. I had a look at your record as a coach for round one, Lee. It's 11 wins, yeah. 7 losses. So as a coach, how do you prepare for round one? You don't want to make it any bigger than what it is, but crikey, it's a big game for players. Well, I know it is because it is, as I said, it's the only time you start from scratch. You haven't mm. played a game yet from Whitford boards. And that's true, but I, I kind of think all you're doing is starting the the, uh, the routine in a sense that you're going to virtually repeat for the next you know next 22, 23, mm. 23 weeks. I I can't remember. I mean, one of those things you probably got to avoid a little bit if you can is that is that temptation to get a guy on the player on the field because it's round one. Like in other words, if he's, if they're not ready to play, then don't play them in round one. That's the only maybe philosophy I would have, but I I can't recall ever. I mean, automatically you're coming off a, a summer and a preseason, but I can't remember any particular other things that are stuck in my mind that were pertinent uh, to round one, uh, round rather than uh, except except even these days you don't want to go to Perth round one if you can help. Mm, yeah, you know, because it, it's bloody hard to win in. That far away in Perth, they go to the other. It's like going to another country when you go to the other side of Australia. But I, I didn't even know that was my. Uh, well, I guess I, my. I think my winning sort of record as a coach was most about sixty percent, something like that. So to be honest, eleven seven is almost that. That's about it. That's, That's about it. So, yeah. 
Oh, look, yeah, I look that, that up. No better, no worse. No, no better, beautiful. No worse than my averages, I don't think. Yeah. I asked Sheeds this um, before. Uh, advice for first-year coaches. So Vossi's first year at Cunt, we know it's his second gig, but, you know, Sam Mitchell at Hawthorne and Craig McRae at Collingwood. There's three really big clubs. Is there any extra pressure? What advice would you give those three lads? Well, Michael Voss has, has been there before. Now, I call it the coach's curse. Now, mm. the senior coach's curse. Like, the senior coach's curse is of all the people in the footy club, including the players, the senior coach is the buck stops position. Like, everyone thinks whatever happens with the team, they don't blame the players, they blame the coach or give the coach credit. You know, and either, either way, that, and, and, and as we know, what does the coach do with the two hours of the game? He sits in the stand and watches. Doesn't mean really. So you're, so that basically the, the players are actually the ones that are going to give you the, your uh, emotional response to what happens in the couple of hours. And I, and I kind of think it's, it's like a curse, you know, because that is the way it is. You've got to think you're, what you're doing is responsible for what the team does and everyone else certainly does when obviously as we know even more so these days. I mean, you've got a coaching group between the senior coach and the and the players. So now Craig McRae has never experienced that. Mm. Uh, Sam Mitchell has never experienced that. Michael Boss has. And I happen to be speaking to Boss a while back and I said, you know, good luck with the coach's curse because he, he kind of knows that ultimate responsibility for the team performance uh, just lays with yeah. the senior coach and, and virtually no one else. In a, in a not in a practical sense, because we know practically it's ridiculous, but in a, in a kind of like an accountability sense. So I reckon that's the coach's curse. And I always say the, the first time that either Sam Mitchell, Hawthorne lose, or Collingwood lose under Craig McRae, you, it will be the loneliest job in the world all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm yeah. now, I'm now, because Craig McRae is saying, to it, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going mm. to enjoy the experience. Now, I don't know whether you ever coach, but in terms, I coached about 500 games. The two hours of the game, I never enjoyed that two hours. Okay. I mean, you might enjoy what happens if you've won and the aftermath and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, the two hours of the game, I, I reckon it's almost a curse. Because you're, you're still a spectator at that mm. point. Anyway, yeah. so that the, the advice you have to get is you've got to conquer that because you can't be a stress carrier. So just because you're feeling, like I, for instance, I, the last time I would speak, not at Collingwood so much, but in the, in the Lions era, the last time I would speak to the team as a group would be hour and a half before the game. Wow. Because I, would, I could feel myself getting so tense. And I, I used to dry roots. I used to vomit as a coach, not wow. a player. As a coach, I used to get so nervous. I felt, you know, I'd almost have a, I'd have to be very careful what I ate the morning, the morning of the game. And uh, and I didn't want but I don't want the players to see you like that. So I, I largely kept away from the players of that hours mm. before the game because the worst thing a coach can be is a stress carrier. Yeah, that's great advice. And your anxiety overflows onto uh, the players, which I've got a feeling, uh, Stephen, another sport. But I reckon that might have what happened with Justin Langer. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He's a bit of a stress carrier because he looked like he was tense to everyone else. And, and and I think the players probably thought he's, he made a tense environment when clearly in that sport, you know, you're sitting together in the, the dressing rooms for about 30 hours, aren't you? No, that's a good anyway, point. That, that, that yeah. just, but don't be a stress carrier. So you've got to do the best you can and you know you're responsible, you know you're accountable 
but don't ever let the players see you when you when you look like you're a nervous wreck. You've got no. a good thing to do. Well, that's a great life lesson too. Don't take the stress home to home life. You know, if you yeah, no, don't be a stress carrier, it's a good good advice. That's valid too. That's yeah. valid too if you can. Buddy yeah. Franklin is closing in on a thousand goals. He's nine hundred and fifteen. He's playing GWS round one. Um, we said at the start of the show, should you know, you'd be allowed to run out onto the oval. We we, we heard Gil McLaughlin say, I'm not encouraging it, but I'm not discouraging it. i tell you what, we'll never, ever, ever see anyone else kick a 1,000 goals. No, I think that's the case. You couldn't imagine footy's going to change enough in the decades ahead for that to... People ran out onto the field. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to arrest 10,000 people or 5,000 people. Something about, yeah, I know Gullen probably can't say, uh, yeah, no, well, yeah, be good. I think he's got to sort of discourage it. But I, it is, it's sort of one of those wonderful things that has accompanied it, hasn't it? Either kicking 100 goals or, say, kicking 1,000 goals. Mm. The, there's no other time the, 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 the supporters might stream onto the field. And I, oh, it's a bit of an old-fashioned uh, tradition, but I like it. I, I do. Let me ask you a question, because I've been thinking about this myself. The last 15 years or so, which Buddy's played, have been so... The defenders and the defensive systems and team defence and all that kind of stuff has been so good. I mean, the, the other players who kicked the 1,000 goals were all like fairly to full forwards, Coventry, Dunstall, Lockett, what... It, we're only talking the AFL now, obviously, aren't we? Because it's all the BFL, AFL, so shouldn't omit the sample people. But nevertheless, but Gary Abbott Senior was a bit, of a, a bit like... Uh, uh, Franklin, that he pl- played all over the forward line a bit, but, you know, not necessarily forward that. But the defences have been so good, right? And you don't get to play one-on-one as a big full forward anymore, do you? No. In, even in, when we played in the 90s and the 80s, the, you know, the full forward was largely playing on the full back, and most of the time it's like a one-on-one contest. Now, the, two, the full-time coaching has just removed that one-on-one aspect because if you're that good one-on-one, you just don't get one-on-one contest. No. A third man goes in. Having said that, therefore, I reckon if Buddy kicks, say he's kicked a thousand goals, I reckon if you took, if you compare him to the previous full forwards of any competition, any era, Lockett, Dunstall, all those kind of guys, I reckon he's. I reckon you'd have to add twenty percent of the era he's played. If you know what I mean? Yeah, so I know what you're getting, saying. Yep, him getting to a thousand is remarkable. Remarkable, and. And he's probably one of a kind, and he's probably the last of a kind because he's not—he's not even the fair he can pull forward. He's just a running tall mm. uh, forward. So amazing, and he's—he's he's, uh, always said Gary Ablett Senior of the footballers that I've watched mostly over the last fifteen years. I reckon he's—he's uh, he's highlight tapes the best of them all. Yes, and buddies would be bloody good, wouldn't it? Oh. He's, he's just been magnificent. Well, I got it here. He, he yeah. averages three point one two goals a game. He's played three hundred and eighteen games for nine nine five. Plug a locket if you want to compare yeah. two hundred eighty one games for one thousand three hundred sixty. He averaged four point eight three goals a game. And if you think one of the yeah. best little fellas around was Eddie Betts of the last I don't know two decades, yeah. yeah. six hundred and forty yeah. goals. He only averaged one point eight two. Lee, you're smack in the middle of them. You kicked nine hundred and fifteen. I mean. That is, you, uh, you could have been a thousand goalie. Well, well, theoretically, I, 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 I think eight hundred behinds. Can I tell you, just coincidentally, the two, the, 
Two people in the AFBA, VFL, AFL, who kicked the most behind happened to be Kevin Bartlett and myself. Oh, stop we it. kicked about 800, 800 behind, so we had a lot of shots, didn't we? Jeez, <laughs> Lee tight. No, you'd, you would have been a thousand if you had a kick straight. It might have been the it might have been the boggy fields, the big the big um, boots, and the yeah, and and the, and the crap footies. I mean, the great full forwards of the Sandford would have been the same. I remember back in the early days when Peter Hudson, uh, back when I first started Hawthorne, you know, a lot of generations ago, we kicked 150 goals one year in the in the, in, the wow. in 1971. But he kicked 40% of our score. Jeez. That's, I mean, so all, all the great full forwards, and the Lockets, I suspect, and, you know, Dunstall played in a great Hawthorne team. He might not have kicked as, as, as the same percentage. But in other words... Every time the ball went forward, it went to that bloke, didn't it? I wow! Mean, the same so, as you can remember. Even the great full forwards of your of your era playing, uh, but yeah, the, in the, in the sample. Oh, Scotty Hodges was probably the best of my era by the length of the straight. No one came but within a bull's roar of him. But the ball would have been kicked to him every time it went forward, wouldn't it? A, a lot of times. Way, yep. That's the way it happened. You know, you the the, the full forward sort of dominated the goal scoring, and and again the ball just tended to get kicked to them. Mm. It's a different game now, isn't it, in that regard, which is why we think, well, you know, you, you, no, no, you, well, I remember when Buddy Frank kicked 13 goals at Launceston against, against uh, I don't think we played against North Melbourne, I think it was. Like, I, I can remember some games, like there's a lot of games, like we, we've got to about a thousand games of footy. A handful I can remember, mainly because one player, like I remember when Peter Hudson kicked 16 goals one day, <laughs> I remember being in the stand watching yeah. Jason Dunstall kick 16 goals there you go. Week, yeah. week, and I can remember it being in Tasmania to see Buddy kick his 13 goals. So, but, and, and that's, we've lost that from the game, unfortunately. We have. Because one bloke dominating the score is so exciting. I reckon it so, is. Lee, yeah. Lee, on that note, thank you and enjoy round one and we'll speak to you next week. Absolutely. See you guys. Yeah, fantastic. The great man, Lee Matthews. We love our legends. He is. Whether it's footy or a legendary old pub like the St. Kilda Beach Hotel, go and see Kane and Kim out there. Legendary snitties. I couldn't get through mine, Lee. Oh, it's huge. If they did schnitties Brownlows, St. Kilda Beach Hotel would win it. They would just crunch it out. They would win the Brownlow. I actually raised the fork when I finished mine. I don't know if you just acknowledged the crowd in the dining room. So Ken Farmer kicked 1,417 goals, 1,417. Tim Evans kicked over 1,000, 1,044. And just looking at Button, people were saying, what about the current day players? So as you know, Buddy needs five for 1,000. The next uh, closest, Jack Rewald at 715. Mm. Jack's in his final year. Josh Kennedy, the Eagles, 686. So he's in his final year. Hawkins. Joshua think Tommy Hawkins is closer to the end, 665. Six, six, and then there is not a current player above 500. We'll never see it again. Nope. We will never, no ever chance. see it again. So you know what? If you know anyone in Sydney, get them along to the game and run on the field. Run out there. You won't celebrate get the great Budwire kicking 1,000 goals. Lee Matthews. And again, thanks to Kane and to Kim. Funny Thank story too. He's such a fan, isn't he, of Brisbane? Oh, he loves Lee. Loves Lions. There's a massive uh, footy jumper on the wall, and you asked Kane actually if that was his mm. footy jumper. Had the number 16 on it. That would probably be Jonathan Brown. Big old Johnny and, uh, Brown. Probably from a premiership <laughs> year, but anyway, we won't bring that up. Oh, it might have been a horse too. Is that your horse? No, that's Macabre <laughs> Diva. Lee Matthews.